Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And this week, I have with me on the other line, returning from hyperspace, <laughs> Rilwan Belogan. Welcome back, sir. It's, Thank it's been you. a while. It has been a while. I didn't go back in time, so I'm actually in the present timeline. So that's good to hear. It's it's actually like right after our previous recording, you jumped into hyperspace. And so it feels like about 15 minutes for you. For me, it's, yeah. It's actually been a few months. So Exactly. Welcome back. Um, let's see what's what's been going on in the world since. Oh, I don't even know. Is that um, gas prices are even worse. I hate to. <laughs> it's very high. Yes. Um. So yeah, with this groceries week, are high as well. Groceries are bad. Um. The war is still going on in Ukraine. Still, yeah. Um. Basically, whatever the state of the world was when you left, it's the same, if not worse. So good. Good. Starting off with good news, I see. <laughs> yes. Um, well, let's let's kick things off with this week. Uh, I think we're going to talk about what, at least on paper, seemed like it was going to be the biggest <laughs> movie of the weekend. Um, and maybe that's a place for, for us to start. Um, is It wasn't the biggest movie of the weekend and actually kind of underperformed at the box office, which was uh, the Buzz Lightyear movie simply titled light year i guess before we get into the, the the movie itself and our thoughts on the movie like do you have kind of any big ideas as to why audiences clearly weren't rushing out to the theater to to see this because i people clearly had this what whether or not people were exactly looking forward to this i i always felt like the anticipation around this movie was more kind of a was more of a raised eyebrow than it was mm full-on excitement but mm -hmm. i think a lot of uh box office pundits and people in the industry clearly saw like this is a big iconic character for disney and for pixar you build a whole movie around them even if there's this confusing marketing as to like so wh what version of bus lightyear is this and yeah. <laughs> all that stuff like you know the just thinking like kids are just gonna see a buzz lightyear movie mm -hmm. and are gonna want to go to the theater but it opened at number two and was like very was it number low. two what, or three it was it was number two so okay. number three at the box office was still top gun mission. maverick which mission, is is yeah. doing still really really good numbers like even though it was at number three if you're looking at like the box office week to week like it really has not dipped much from the last couple weeks and i went and saw it again uh, a couple <laughs> nights ago uh, in a situation that you and I were talking about earlier. And um, it was still like a packed theater pretty yeah. much. And I think the the positive buzz and word of mouth around that movie mm -hmm. is like it. It is thus far probably the movie phenomenon of the summer. Absolutely. And number one at the box office again for the second week in a row was the Jurassic World movie, even though that movie took a big dip from what its numbers were last year so but buzz lightyear coming in second below a jurassic park movie essentially so i forgot the jurassic park movie was even out or coming out so i thought but lightyear would be number one so first i want to say i love toy story mm. it, it's my favorite one of my top five favorite movies of all time watched it as a kid loved it as a kid growing up so when 
there was talks about this. I was one of the people who was very like curious to see what this would be mm-hmm. because they were like, it's about the toy, but the man who beca- I was like, wait, what? I, it was very confusing. Um, Chris Evans kind of rightfully getting made fun of a bit for his like what what you and I are describing this initial tweet he had, which I, I probably should have it pulled up. But it was something of like, this isn't the Buzz Lightyear you think you know. It's the real life man whose myth would inspire the toy or something like, like that. And yeah. it, it, it became a sort of joke of like, I think we're overcomplicating this Absolutely. a little bit. Absolutely. And I don't think... You mentioned kids. I don't know if this was for children. Yes, it's a Pixar movie, so in this, yes, it's for kids. But the kids, mm-hmm. maybe they've seen Toy Story. I think they have. But every time I've seen Toy Story in a movie theater, it's been people my age who grew mm. up with it as well. So I don't think this was really geared toward kids. I think it was geared to- towards like 20-something, 30-somethings, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And, and then a lot of these... Pixar movies have just gone on Disney Plus. So I think yep. people thought it was probably going to be on Disney Plus, or they're like, I'll just fair. wait until it gets on Disney Plus. So why yeah. go to the movie? So that's where Disney's backfiring with its D- Disney Plus stuff right now. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's smart you mentioning that this is the first Pixar movie really since pre-pandemic that has not mm-hmm. just gone straight to the streaming service. And even though I'm sure they were trying to be front and center in the marketing of saying like, this is a theatrical movie i'm sure there were plenty of families that just saw it in the background at their favorite pizza restaurant like on the tv or something mm-hmm. and we're like oh well that'll be if it's in theaters it'll still be on disney plus or something like exactly. that much as all this other stuff has it's interesting you bringing up who is this for mm-hmm. because some something interesting i saw kind of in and people kind of thinking about why this movie sort of underperformed I saw a lot of people also throwing out like, is this a movie that's maybe its audience was more like you're saying 20 somethings. Maybe the character of Buzz Lightyear doesn't mean anything for kids, but also like to me, it feels like this is a Pixar movie that is sort of missing the adult component of Mm. what makes the best Pixar movies work. Like, like if we think back to like a lot of our favorite Pixar movies, including those toy story movies, Mm. it is sort of making family entertainment that also has either a certain level of imagination or emotion or humor that also appeals to grownups. And this is kind of, I, I saw a lot of comparisons, people making, between this movie and like the cars movies, for example, of oh feeling gosh. like a Pixar movie that just sort of felt like mm. created either for marketing IP purposes or just to be sold to like sell toys to kids. And, and I feel a little bit more complicated about that when we get into talking about the plot of the movie in general, but I, I would say it'd be do, how, how much of that do you think also played into it with you talking about like maybe this was being marketed to an audience that was not interested in it, but then was also not supplying enough of the stuff to like bring in the more adult audience members. The comparison to cars for me is perfect because mm-hmm. I didn't like any of the cars movies. And once either. you said it, I was like, <laughs> yes, this goes in that category that it was like, this was, we're going to forget about this movie in a few years, unless it has like a massive hit once it does become get on uh, Disney Plus like Encanto did. 
So mm. maybe they're banking on that. But this, I don't know who this was for. Like it was the the they in the trailers, you never got anything about the plot. They just kept saying Buzz Lightyear. This is who the actual guy was. So there was nothing pulling you in with plot. I right. guess they were trying to do it with the like the the actors, the voice actors, but even then it's just Chris Evans, yeah, but he's not Captain America. I think it was just Disney right. going back to the IP and like let's just try something here and make some money. So, kind of dive into this movie a little bit. So, I actually think the sort of high concept premise go go ahead. No, sorry. I wanted to do a point of clar- <laughs> clarification. So, when I went to see this movie, it was a matinee. Uh, uh-huh. I was going to one movie theater, and as I, I was pulling up, there were like four school buses. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And then I was like, oh, they must be here for Buzz Lightyear. You know uh-huh. what I did? I went to another movie theater because I didn't want to be in a movie theater with kids. So I guess kids were watching this, but they were forced to. You never know, because the the other kind of interesting point that I've seen a couple br- people bring up that I at least have like anecdotal not like not this probably would not hold up as evidence but you know anecdotal examples of this is like jurassic world is kind of a family movie for a lot of people Mm. i mean like what what has more universal appeal amongst kids than dinosaurs yeah and so could it also be that lightyear got a little bit you know overshadowed in the market by another movie of like I, I know plenty of people that I work with that were either went and saw the Jurassic Park movie with their family or were like, oh, that's what we're doing this weekend is we're going to mm-hmm. the kids really want to see the dinosaur movie. We're going to go take mm-hmm. and see the dinosaur movie. So they could have been going to see Lightyear. They could have also been going to go see Jurassic Park. That's fair. Um, But yeah, so I mean, getting back to kind of I actually don't feel like the high concept premise of this movie that everyone's been joking about for the last year or so since it was announced is actually that complicated when you watch the movie it sort of opens with the title card that is like in 1995 a kid named andy goes and sees a a movie and buy or buys an action figure based off his favorite movie this is that movie and i was like oh that's so you've in like two sentences been able to clarify the whole pitch of this project even though I think a lot of people have had fun making, you know, joking about on Twitter how like this doesn't really feel like a movie that would have come out in the mid nineties. Okay, I was thinking all. about that though. When I was watching it the entire time, I was like, so a kid in ninety five was watching this? There's no way. And I no. was like, this wouldn't have been anyways. I was like, okay, sure, sure, sure. I'll go with this. Have you have you seen the memes people have done of like that title card but then they just put in like an image from some other like really not appropriate for kids movie from 95 oh, like no. the, the best one i saw was someone doing it with like the movie seven the, oh my the david fincher movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like r- someone else retweeted it with like no but they actually did make action figures of brad pitt and morgan freeman from that movie believe it or not oh well actually i can see that i can see that um so basically that the actual plot of the movie i i don't think the high concept premise is is really important to kind of unpacking this at all but it Mm -hmm. is funny that that has become so much of the conversation around it um essentially buzz lightyear and the crew on the spaceship that he is a part of they crash land on this planet because of some uh maneuver that buzz is doing with the ship that kind of breaks it and they become marooned there and buzz spends 
the remaining years attempting to fix the ship by do- testing out this hyperspace fuel that they have. And similar to if you've ever seen the movie Interstellar, any of our listeners, um, I would say it's the where the movie takes off from there is very, very similar to Interstellar in that whenever Buzz goes on one of these hyperdrive missions, uh, as we kind of hinted at the beginning of this podcast, like a hour round trip for him basically amounts to like, what is it like four years or something on Mm -hmm. back on this planet. And so I do think this movie kind of sets up a really interesting kind of weighty idea in its first 30 minutes. And I, I, I should say, I really love this movie for the first 20, 30 minutes, whatever that first chunk is that, basically surmises what i just explained and i think is dealing with this idea of like the more he commits to this mission the more detached he's becoming from the people around him and the less he's getting to live a life for himself and how much is he really living um being sort of committed to this mission and after that i feel like the movie kind of falls like takes a dip to me. No, this like, is when they were like, "Oh, this is for kids. This is for kids. Yes. We need to start having fun a little bit more. Not yeah, being so like heavy with the topic. Let's have some fun or attempt to have fun, rather." Yeah, and I was actually like, I feel like that first chunk, you know, it calls to mind kind of the opening of Up and th- these sort of great moments of Pixar having this sort of dazzling animation with sort of bits of humor, but also like a weighty. Uh, very human story and getting to do something that would be kind of weighty, if not complex in kind of an accessible family movie. And I was kind of like blown away by that. Mm -hmm. And then after Buzz's last mission, he's sort of passed several decades and it becomes a more kind of straightforward sort of Buck Rogers space adventure story. And at least for me personally, I, even though the movie is watchable, you can kind of see see a little bit of the seams showing. You can see kind mm-hmm. of the the stereotypical sort of Disney mm-hmm. story structure and of like, here's where we got to introduce the like comedic side characters. Mm-hmm. And even though I I love Spots, the the robot cat, um, it you know that's here's your cute adorable animal mm-hmm. sidekick. So and we can sell he, toys of it. Right. And here's the lesson to be learned. And it it kind of loses, as we said earlier, it loses a bit of that imagination and a little bit of that heart, I feel like, in the remaining hour or what whatever's left in the movie at that point. And it kind of begins to feel like a bit of just a by the numbers Disney movie. I, I don't mm. know what were kind of your feelings watching it. Did you have kind of a similar sort of drop off when it hits that, that kind of really what's the majority of the movie. I mean, basically we're talking <laughs> like about like the rest what, the what happens beyond the first, like a great first 20 minutes. And then yeah. after that, it, 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 it feels like it becomes way more of a, just play for the kids. We got to mm-hmm. sell the merch kind of movie. When I go to the movie theater, I put my phone on silence, do not disturb, turn it. Basically, I put it on airplay mode. Mm-hmm. Around this time, I pulled out my phone. I was like, what's going on on Twitter? Like, I yeah. checked out <laughs> of this movie. I checked out at that point. 
Um, and I bet it was this point where like some Disney executives came in and they're like, mm, that's when they gave their notes. They're like, mm. all right, th- I can see. I, I bet in a few years we're here that the execs gave their notes and that's when it sh- shifted into this. Because the end, when you get that reveal, sort of feels like that beginning again. Mm-hmm. It's that middle that was just like, I I was I checked out. And once the end started coming in, I was back in. I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. By the time we get to what the central message is, which which ultimately is what I was kind of talking about is Buzz's commitment to the mission mm-hmm. is has blinded him about what is around him. And there's this message of um, learning to be happy with what is right in front of you mm-hmm. and embracing life. And that's a pretty powerful message, but I, I feel like it it is dealt with so much more poetically in those first 20 minutes or so. And while I've been sort of surprised at kind of some of the like really like vitriol negative reactions some critics have had to this wow. movie, like I I maybe kind of understand in the sense of like we get promised like a much better movie in that kind mm-hmm. of first act than what it ultimately delivers on. And we still kind of get the same message at the end, but it doesn't hit with that same kind of Pixar gut punch that we, mm. we expect. Um, it, it, it instead feels a little bit like here's grandfather Mickey mouse, like gathering mm. us around the fireplace and sitting us on her lap and being like, I'm going to teach you kids a lesson tonight. Yeah. And, and, and me maybe as like a cynical guy in his, a cynical millennial um, was, did, did not buy that as much. And, and it, it kind of just felt like, I don't know, this just sort of felt like a movie where Pixar had kind of lost their fastball a little bit. Um, oh, as, I hope as, not. Oh. As, as gorgeous as it is. I mean, the one other positive yeah. I, I should say for the movie is like Pixar continues to be the best animation studio mm. just sort of like the the level of detail and craftsmanship in the animation um i mean not i won't name the movie but there is <laughs> there's currently another animated movie that i keep seeing billboards for around here in atlanta that i'm i'm dead roll on i'm dead convinced <laughs> that this is not a real movie um <laughs> I don't, don't I don't want to don't name I don't want to name it and disparage yeah. <laughs> anyone who might be lo- <laughs> who might have worked hard on that but like it 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 is looks so bad in the animation looks so bad in it I'm just like that's not a real movie <laughs> like that's a fake movie from like an NBC sitcom or something like that and it could be it could be like the long game they're like we're promoting something else but um yes the the animation is beautiful um I think another part that there was headlines for before it came out was uh, some countries were like, we're not showing this movie because mm-hmm. there's a gay kiss. And yeah. then the kiss happened and I nearly missed it. So I was like, oh, wait, was that it? That was yeah, what this big hoopla was about? Yeah. The So th- this movie's also been getting headlines for this. I don't, I don't even really want to say controversy because it feels like so much of the people who are that angry about it it is sort of isolated to Mm -hmm. to one sort of loud minority i saw some people kind of pontificating as to whether or not the the gay kiss controversy was something that ruined the box office of this movie i don't i don't really think the the Mm -hmm. numbers really support that um but 
it, this movie did also become this kind of like political football with like the oh, oh, don't mm-hmm. say gay bill in Florida and stuff. And with Disney's kind of back and forth positioning on that and uh, animators at Pixar sort of saying like, you know, people at Disney were kind of saying like, do not have this in here because it's going to make it hard to sell overseas, which we know we've talked about it on this show before is kind of a thing that a problem that has plagued Disney movies in recent years of, we need Mm. to have the one uh, scene in there so that, you know, we can on to American audiences seem progressive, but then it can only be one (laughs) small scene that we can like cut out if we need to sell it to some other country that won't allow it. And I do sort of applaud everyone who, you know, the producers and everyone who worked on this, that kind of stood up and were like, no, that kind of undercuts the whole emotional arc of our movie if we take that scene out. Um, while also kind of, as you said, it it is funny when you actually see the movie of like, this is another case of us like, I can't believe we're turning a like mid-tier lukewarm Pixar movie into a political football right. over like a mon, like a two-minute montage that has like 30 seconds of mm. a very nice lesbian couple across the hall sharing a a just sweet gentle kiss right and even before the movie came out when it was announced that chris evans was going to be the voice and not tim allen people were already in uproar so this movie was like doomed from the get-go yeah i i wonder how much of the the tim allen-ness works because at at the end of the day i mean it's one of those things like how much does a child really care like if this is being marketed at kids like at the same time, like, d- d- does a kid today know who Tim Allen exactly. is? Exactly. Like, <laughs> they're like, oh my gosh, um, Tin Man 2? Oh, what's his name? No, yeah, Tin Man t- whatever is not there. It's not here. Right, like, you and I, when we were growing up, probably, like, just knew Tim Allen as, like, oh, the the home improvement uh guy or, like, from the Santa Claus. Like, you know, we yeah. I would recognize, but, like, a kid today does not know who Tim, like, who is Tim Allen is. But then, like, is a child really, like, uh aware of the sort of the the star's name above right. the title of the animated movie or is it just it's buzz lightyear to them mm-hmm. um maybe do we should kids this- know buzz lightyear though i still really want to know yeah. do kids know who buzz lightyear is and if there's a parent listening who's screaming yes my kid loves it is it yeah. because you showed them toy story i just want to know that's that's what i think is sort of the missing piece because um i mean i i have older siblings um one of them has three kids has a, a, attempted to try and sort of get, they're they're slowly getting there into like wanting to see the pixar stuff mm-hmm. um I, I think i think he told me they tried to show the oldest one toy story and it was maybe like a little too creepy for him the last time <laughs> they they showed him which fair enough the stuff in like, Sid's room is that. pretty creepy yes um but but yeah i wonder how much of that awareness for a younger audience is just millennial parents who grew up with those <laughs> movies being like Absolutely. i need to pass it on like how how much is toy story in just the the ether of what kids um consume uh let's maybe talk about kind of like pixar more broadly Mm -hmm. um, because i'm really fascinated to pick your brain about like how you have felt the last few years for the studio have gone where you would like to see them go in the future um there's been obviously a lot of like hot takery online considering 
this movie seeming like a creative and financial I wouldn't say disaster that's a bit of an extreme word but but a a, a disappointment from a creative and financial perspective for a lot of people um what what's what's sort of your take on the state of Pixar and like what how have you felt about like the last few years of Pixar movies and which ones do you feel like are a better step forward for the company in terms of the kinds of stories they should be telling versus what stuff do you feel like we we need to we need to let this go this is like we're <laughs> we're nearing the end of the the um, forming some elaborate metaphor about like a, tra- <laughs> a train and people like shoveling like the the coal to fuel the train and like we're mm-hmm. running out of coal or something um mm-hmm. i'll cut that bad metaphor out but anyway what just what is your take on sort of the state of the company at this point so now i'm looking at pixar's website to look at like the last six movies they've released i've seen all mm-hmm. six but the only one that i really cared about and loved is soul and toy story 4 I, you mm. know why I said Toy Story 4 now? Because I love Toy Story. And so I think that was beautifully done. The others, Luca, Onward. Okay, Onward is right there with Cars. What was this? I, I'm i I'm with you. I don't like that one. What it's was bad. that? It was <laughs> <I'm> really <sorry. laughs> bad. It was so bad. Um, I think I'm in the minority and didn't care for Turning Red. I love the animation in mm-hmm. it. Um, there's I think there's one scene where they're cooking and that one I watched rewind a couple times. I'm like, this is beautiful. This Pixar keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I don't know where they're turning towards. I think I like when they're doing original stuff, like yeah. uh, turning red original story. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. Soul original loved it. Luca. Okay. If it came on in like in the middle of the afternoon, Mm-hmm. But when I it's they've I think they've missed their heyday on storytelling. Mm-hmm. They're as you mentioned, they're advancing in animation, but the storytelling I think is just becoming really stagnant. Mm-hmm. And they'd likely just need new blood in there because it's just a lot they're having more misses than hits as of late. Yeah, I feel like Bailey Joe Josie, um, on the turning red episode that we did earlier this year, we kind of had a bigger turn that into a bigger Pixar conversation. Mm-hmm. And we sort of mentioned that movie for whatever you think about it. I'm, I'm probably with you. I don't think I loved it as much as um, other people, but certainly liked it a lot more than this, but this light year movie. And I yeah. think is, is an example of what I would like to see them. We talked about how that is a good example of what they should be doing mm-hmm. in the future, which is, um, sort of cultivating the the talent they have in-house. Yes. And I feel like they've, much as Hollywood in general, they've become a little bit reliant on returning to IP. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if we look at this movie in Toy Story 4, like, to- I don't think we needed a Toy Story 4. I think, no. I feel like, I don't know about you, I feel like when that one was announced, people were like, Really? I feel like three kind of wasn't three, three the like it. book in that we yes. needed for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like I I I like that movie as well, and sort of the pleasant surprise of it was like, oh, you guys actually like thought long and hard about like what it would what would the story be if you were to come back and bring mm-hmm. all these characters back and do uh, a fourth entry. But I I feel like they need to stop kind of trying to return to these older movies that 
were sort of in their peak period in like the 2000s um, when you and I were growing up and, and mm-hmm. watching these movies. And they need to be really focused on finding who their best storytellers are in house and just pitching like like what what is your idea what is the next thing that you have working on what is the story you want to tell not hey you did a great job with this short for us can you do the finding nemo prequel you know like we we don't need to don't wish that on us (laughs) we don't need to keep like mining the properties that already exist and I feel like the, this Buzz Lightyear movie, as much as I think it's fine, mm-hmm. it is it is fine. It is it's a solid. I I call it like an airplane movie. Is is yes. the level I put this on? Mm-hmm. Of like, if I'm on a flight, this is gonna pass the time, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna you you know I when I went to the press screening too, I was like solid. I had a <laughs> solid enough time, and then. It's 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 come down for me a bit more in like the weeks since I saw it at the press screening of just being mm. like, you know, that should have been a lot better than what it was. And the first bit of that movie kind of hints at a much more interesting thing than what it ultimately turns into. But, you know, as as a whole project, like, no, we don't need like I don't need the the Woody movie now of like, who's the real cowboy that inspired <laughs> right. the Woody myth. And we'll get, I don't know. We'll get Benedict Cumberbatch to just oh voice my Woody instead of, because we can't get Tom Hanks back. You know, I, no one wants that, but no, please, no, you know, please, no. you know, turn to the people you have in house and get them to make stuff like turning red or like, um, luca or mm-hmm. like um it's not in kanto what what is the what is the pixar what why am i getting it so describe confused? it I'll, I'll get it describe it's, it for it's, me uh, are you thinking coco 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 yes. I, I forgot those two mixed mm-hmm. up for a minute um mm-hmm. you know or something like that like like turn to your in-house creators and find what the next original stories that they have kind of up their pocket they're dying to get out into the world it's interesting that the movies you mentioned there are movies that are like from or with not necessarily minorities but like they're not american i think what what was the first one you said yeah turning red not american because she was but you know what i'm what i'm getting at yeah she's she's from toronto i think yeah. she, she's from canada but you know that that is a that is a a, a very like asian specific story mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know uh coco is a mexican mm-hmm. specific story mm-hmm. um you know I'm uh, thinking, luca I'm italian like it's they're luca, very yeah. they're I, I think those movies succeed maybe less though luca however because yeah, they I, like I, you're I, saying I think, I'm, I'm with you i think luca's fine <laughs> yeah it's fine i like fine, that. fine. it's fine <laughs> um because like you're saying they're trusting the animators and creators that they have um that they've let work up and i know the creator of or the director of turning red did that short beforehand mm-hmm. so i think yeah. they need to keep doing that there wasn't a short in this one so that makes me disappointed on what may be next i was shocked of that when i was when waiting it, the movie just started and yeah. there was no short I was waiting for sometimes it. those are the best parts, but absolutely. I don't know. Uh, Rowan, do you have any kind of last thoughts on, on Lightyear or 
or Pixar. I guess I think we have technically one more Pixar movie this year that um is it's the one I think it's called Elemental. It's basically like <laughs> it's like what if the elements had feelings? Like how every Pixar movie is just like what if X thing had feelings and this is basically what if like fire and water and air were actual living breathing things that have so inside out yes inside out but with like the <laughs> elements but but it's it's directed by uh peter son who uh did the voice of of socks in in mm. this in this mm-hmm. one so an- another okay. hopefully that'll be an example of like he's an in-house person and i think he also did I I wasn't really a big fan of the the dinosaur movie, but that's oh was gosh, sort of his, I never his, even saw that one. His his other project, but you know, I, this sounds like a, the kind of thing of like yes, develop your in house talent. Mm-hmm. Don't let's not do IPs. the Bo Peep real origin. Dude, story. you need to stop saying these because they're going to manifest and it's going to happen. Now I promise you, in like a year. Want to know who the real Woody is? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> now I'm just trying to think, like who who is the like random person that they would would Voice cast it. just to do that? Um, it would be just someone like Benedict Cumberbatch. I was about to say Benedict. <laughs> they would do it. They're like, might as well. He's someone at Pixar would be like, he was so good in Power of the Dog. <laughs> exactly. We should, he, I saw. I watched Power of the Dog on my on my Netflix, and I just thought mm-hmm. that's our Woody right there. That's and Woody. Never, and all of us are going to be like, very strange choice that that's what you thought of Jane Campion's uh, musing on toxic masculinity mm-hmm. was just that guy's Woody, Woody right there. Yeah. Woody. so let's talk about kind of uh one of the other releases of this week which was uh cha-cha real smooth um this was kind of one of the bigger movies to sort of emerge out of the sundance film festival earlier this year uh it had the biggest acquisition um Mm. just because apple is in the (laughs) apple's just in the business of like did this movie do I, especially after they like got the oscar success yeah. with coda like i'm yeah. pretty sure they're just rolling up to film festivals be like did someone like that and then like Absolutely. tom brady like quarterbacking like a wad of cash at someone 1, to say we'll buy your movie and now um, they have coda to say you could be the next academy award winner right which i mean let's put a pin in that because i'm i am actually interested to get your thoughts on whether you think in a post coda world a movie like this now has a uh, more Oscar chances, but um, it's the second film from Cooper Rafe, who is a young filmmaker in his early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, he had uh, a movie a couple of years ago that you and I quite liked called mm-hmm. shit house. Um, that was kind of a sensation at South by Southwest and got released kind of during the peak of the pandemic mm-hmm. in 2020. Um, this movie like that one, he, writes directs produce stars in it himself uh and this one is playing a young man who has graduated college in that weird kind of netherworld period after you graduate and land your first like big person job where you're just like what do i do now and Mm -hmm. like you're just working weird jobs and you're kind of living at home and in this movie you know he's working at a hot dog stand, <laughs> Meat but stick. also, 
yeah meat stick i guess it's a corn dog stand um do you like corn dog Wait, have you ever seen a corn dog stand somewhere i I feel like that's a thing from like our childhood that like do don't have any are corn dogs yeah. like appealing anymore i don't think so and i used to eat a lot of corn dogs in and frozen ones and people would like make fun of me they're like why are you doing that i did it up until college and after that i think it just they just all disappeared from the grocery store yes that there was the breakfast corn dogs too i had those mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. those sausage that's where it was at there. yep sausage inside a pancake anyway um <laughs> so rafe in this movie uh this character he's playing he one of these sort of obscure jobs he gets out of college is working as a party starter basically like an mc for bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and at one of these uh events he meets a single mother played by dakota johnson and her daughter who has autism and rafe's character is super charismatic he's really good with kids he's great at getting people out on the dance floor having a great time is able to win over this young girl um and sort of uh get her to loosen up and have fun at this party and sparks this sort of special relationship with her and her mother that develops and grows over the course of this movie um i know just based off your looking at your letterbox you really really enjoyed this movie um so i'm i think we're going to disagree on it a little bit but i i think in a in a way that'll be really interesting to talk about Mm -hmm. um and and maybe kind of ultimately us agreeing on on a lot of of what this movie is doing but maybe it's sort of rubbing off on us in different ways but Mm -hmm. but i'll toss the ball to you first of just like what really um struck you about watching the second film from him i'm a big this i think i said in my letterbox this confirms i'm a big fan of rafes i think he Mm -hmm. does uh he writes male lead characters well that they're fully three-dimensional um Mm -hmm. and like this in same as shithouse where he lets the male character be emotional, show mm-hmm. all sorts of emotions, crying regularly in both films. And I, for, I think it just struck me that I'm like, I don't think I've seen this type of character and, and I'll keep it to just uh, cha-cha real smooth where it's just like, he's crying, he's happy, he's torn. He's trying to figure things out. And yeah. And now I'm thinking about it. I was like, I've kind of seen that in like American pie, but I guess, um, I don't know. I think he does it well. He, because the lead is always charming, mm-hmm. uh, so it brings me in. The, the 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 Dakota of it all was kind of like, hmm, maybe someone else. But I had fun with the movie. It kept my interest throughout, um, and I think it was an interesting story. Story. It, it was very low stakes. There was mm-hmm. no nothing too dramatic about it the only thing is like will they or won't they sort of thing and then you know that how it ends up but i enjoyed it i thought it was very charming i think that's the good word for this movie it's charming yeah it's it's definitely a movie that is it's the kind of sundance indie movie that is it is breaking its back to to either get you to cry or to mm. to put a smile on your face mm-hmm. and <laughs> good point yeah. that that's a thing that that sort of like is a your mileage may vary thing mm-hmm. um and i i will just say i think 
I like you. I'm really interested to see what how Rafe develops as a, mm-hmm. a filmmaker, just because I think he's so young and he clearly has like a very distinct sort of charming, but there's something about the combination of like how charming he is while his the sort of emotional vulnerability there, mm-hmm. there's something kind of interesting there that I, I'm fascinated to see where he goes from here. Cause I can yeah. see him developing into a potentially really interesting kind of earnest humanist filmmaker mm-hmm. as he gets older. Um, you know, I, I see the seeds of someone like, this might sound blasphemous to some mm. people, but th- I see the seeds of he has the potential to develop into someone like a James L. Brooks or a Cameron Crowe, these people who made movies like Jerry Maguire or Terms of an Endearment, these like very sincere movies about everyday people mm-hmm. just sort of like working through their emotions. Yeah. Um, that being said, oh, and th- the other thing I do really like about this movie, the the chemistry between him and Dakota Johnson, which um, I was reading a little bit about kind of the process of how this movie came together and how they met. And it sounds like this was kind of very much a like partnership between them of like mm. shared kind of creative input on set. And she was very much kind of like a co-driver mm. of this movie with him. Um, but they just have this ease mm-hmm. with each other that I found just very charming and and interesting to watch. Even though, I think my biggest problem with the movie is I kind of don't buy anything in this movie. And yeah. there there yeah. is yeah, something to me about the sort of sweetness of it. And maybe this is me being like a little bit of a, a cynical person at heart. There's a little bit of like how warm everyone is to each other and kind of understanding each of each other everyone is that i find both sort of interesting as sort of like huh rave has this like really open-hearted view of other people while also me being like i don't believe people are this (laughs) open-hearted with each other and and kind of being like i don't and 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 both sort of like being fascinated by him as a presence in movies while also being like, I don't buy that this kid would be this <laughs> happy cool. about hanging out with yeah. like um at, at these bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs in his like mid twenties. Um, and would like think this is like a fun thing he he's like doing for the summer. Um I, I don't know. It was just so much about I'm I'm just sort of torn between kind of being fascinated by what he's interested in and what his instincts seem to be as an artist while also being like i i don't maybe with some time and you getting older there can Mm -hmm. be a little bit more complications and shading put into this Mm -hmm. because this sort of seems like this almost seems a little too rose colored for for me to buy what Mm. is going on i don't know if that makes any sense absolutely i get what you're saying it makes it's good point because there are there are like issues in the movie like that Mm. the characters face but nothing like i said i think i said this felt low stakes yeah like like low stakes there's nothing at the end of the day if it didn't happen one way or another that you're just gonna be like oh darn this is 
bad. I feel bad for yeah. these characters. And I think the Jerry Maguire of it all, that's why when you said it, it really just stuck, struck with me. I was like, that's a great, I can definitely see him doing that type of stuff moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious what, okay, you, you've explained it's really the rose colored ga- glasses of it all that you don't believe it. Uh, I, well, I guess that's what made me like it. I love the story. I love how earnest it was. Even mm. to earnest to a fault. So I'm like, all right. Like you said, like, yeah, okay. So most of this stuff <laughs> and, wouldn't happen. And I like earnestness. I was the person like on this podcast weeks ago being like, Top Gun Maverick's great because it's an earnest blockbuster <laughs> that's just like people like hugging and telling them how much they love each other. And we don't get enough of that in American mm. blockbusters anymore. But, um, you, you know, or, or like, an example of this is there is kind of a part in the movie that kind of like between him and the Dakota Johnson character that it gets up to a point where mm-hmm. you think it could be getting into something that's a little bit more like serious and higher stakes Um, that I, w- I would say was a bit more into kind of like, I think I saw it compared somewhere is like, what if the same dynamic as the graduate, but Dustin Hoffman's character had like a little bit more of a moral backbone to being like, Nope, I'm 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 not here for this. And let's let's sit down on the couch and talk about what you're what you're going through that might make you want right. want to do Why this. And me just sort way? of right. And me just sort of being like, I don't buy that some kid in his in his twenties who just got out of college would 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 have this much sort of uh moral clarity about mm. this situation that he is in especially if dakota johnson is the woman at the <laughs> other end of this but like that that being an example of just sort of uh the kind of sweetness and and open-heartedness and kind of earnestness of of uh willing to help people and listen to mm-hmm. to others um got to a point that that that's just sort of a micro example of that in the movie where it got to the point where i was like i don't i don't think this character would actually be making this decision this makes no no sense for for them to be this uh morally clear in this situation yeah. i guess if that that's fair sense. that's fair now that i'm thinking about it there are some plot points that would just kind of happened it came and went. It was resolved quickly so we can move on. The beginning, first, I was like, what's the point of this scene? Then I was like, oh, it's just telling us. I guess it's mm-hmm. kind of explaining things a little bit. That he's like, this is what he likes, if that yeah. makes sense, without spoiling it too much. Um, then I was just very curious on the Leslie Mann and the Brad Garrett of it all. I was like, you have these two people. Let's do more with them, especially Leslie Mann. Yeah. I was expecting a lot yeah. more from her. Yeah, they're... They're fine. They, exactly. They, you know, like they're they're they're, they're good, they're but they're fine. very much like that. Play the the supportive mom and the uh the stepdad who gets to be the butt of all the jokes until yep. at the end when he gets to have like an earnest moment yeah. or something like that. And um, those two characters, I think, for me, felt like they were playing more arc um archetypes like this mm-hmm. is what we're here to do now okay we're gonna move on so we can move advance this plot yeah oh you're gonna so, make me change my letterbox rating now oh my god <laughs> no stick stick by your guns <laughs> um do you do you think this is a movie that i mean what considering what apple was able to do last year with mm-hmm. coda 
do you think it's inconceivable that they could kind of do, do you see this as a potential like Oscar awards player later in the year um do you get the sense that Apple feels that way about it or do you think that this is maybe people being like Sundance movie just won best picture quick what was the Sundance sensation this year oh man that's definitely an Oscar contender I think it's the latter the latter, right there yeah. I think it's all of that you. I yeah. don't see it was a good movie and honestly I was shocked by Coda myself when it won yeah um this is a good movie. I don't see it being nominated for an Oscar. Uh, I think, like you said, it's Apple looking for the next hits and just yeah. throwing money at it. The story is fine, but it's not a it's not Coda. Coda was something else, which yes, also surprising. But no, I don't think it'll be nominated. I I'm not a person who loved Coda, but that that movie at least was able to get like a genuine mm-hmm. emotional reaction out of mm-hmm. me in a couple scenes. Even, it was that even scene when, when it, she was auditioning, right? And then the parents are up there. You teared up. You teared up. I, I did that. And mm-hmm. well, that that's the one where like, as soon as the, <laughs> as soon as the Joni Mitchell song came out, I was just mm. like, you, you sons of bitches mm-hmm. can't pull mm-hmm. this on me. <laughs> but no, for, for me, the one was like when she's on the, the bed of the truck with, the the father and so, he's yeah. like can i feel your neck and i was just like get these freaking yep. people <laughs> um yep. but yeah i i also think like you know that is a movie the success of that movie i think has as much to do with how smartly apple campaigned it mm-hmm. um i think it was one of apple's sort of few awards contenders last year you know, they maybe have a Martin Scorsese movie with Leonardo DiCaprio coming out later this year. So, like, I feel like that's where they're. If that comes out, I feel like yeah. that's gonna. They're gonna be putting their their attention. But um, who knows? I guess the argument for this one is it's another like feel good kind of mm-hmm. crowd pleaser movie. Um, and they've clearly demonstrated that they know how to build up excitement around yeah. like. Here's a very small little movie, but it's the kind of thing you can bring your whole family around mm-hmm. the the living room and watch together on a Saturday night. With Coda, when it came, when it premiered on Apple TV Plus, I heard like buzz. I haven't heard mm-hmm. buzz on Cha Cha Real Smooth. Yes, that's, my, that seems fair. Yeah, so I I think it already hurts it in that regard, but it's enjoyable if you're listening now. Go watch it. I liked it a lot. And then watch Shit House because I think Shit House, obviously, it's the two, but this is it's by yeah. far number one up in a way. I yeah, I I like that movie a a little bit, a little bit more than than this one definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go, I know you're you're looking forward to Elvis. Just what yeah. what are in in a preview for next week because mm-hmm. next week's episode, uh, I'm going to talk about. Elvis on this podcast. I have seen Elvis. Okay. I'm just curious oh. what your expectations for oh, Elvis are. Oh, okay, okay. So one, they've been selling this movie to me, marketing it hard for me on Instagram. Like I it can't leave. And I think I'm interested in um what's his, is it Austin Butler? That's Austin Butler. Name. Okay, yeah. so I'm interested to see how he does it. 
just because I remember when it was coming up, it was all like he was the one person who dressed, not the one person, I'm sure they all dressed like Elvis, but he dyed his hair for the audition and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just really interested to see how they pull it off. The trailers mm-hmm. are working for me right now. They're doing the mark. I'll say the marketing is killing the game right now. I'll be very disappointed if I don't enjoy this movie. I'm interested um, to see how Austin Butler does. Um, I don't care for Tom Hanks and that prosthetics, but it's Tom Hanks, so I'll go see what he's in. Uh, I will. I will tell you the the um, believe the hype on the Austin Butler performance. Okay, good. Um, the Tom Hanks performance is weirder than you expect is, is is even weirder than you can possibly wait, wait, is imagine it giving, is it giving uh not gucci uh uh oh yes it is that's the that is the first thing i thought of was like this is this year is this even though this movie was like shot i think way before the the gucci movie was and um has been sort of delayed a little bit because of the pandemic like oh, this this feels like Tom Hanks saw Jared Leto in House of Gucci and was like, hold my beer. Oh, um, no. Oh, no. Um, and the movie itself, um, I'll be curious what your thoughts about it. Just even like if we talk about it, you know, over texts or yeah. something like that. It is, I will say it is, it is a Boz Lerman movie. Yeah. full stop for better or for worse and it is just um i will say it's 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 a lot of movie however you want to take that is it's it is a lot of movie um and it's it's trying to tell a lot of story and do a lot of stuff stylistically um for better or for worse but uh that's that's the the the, the hint i'll give you oh i'm nervous okay last thing before we wrap up do you think it will be considered for oscars um def i definitely i feel like the austin butler performance probably will um i'm I'm sure that'll be in the conversation um you know and and boz lerman movies i feel like are always in the conversation for like costuming Mm -hmm. and production design and stuff i mean but boz lerman has never seen a shot in a movie that he can't or like a piece of an article of clothing on a character that he can't just like bedazzle up and like make look amazing. So, um, and I, I, I assume I know his, his wife is like a renowned costume designer and, Mm -hmm. um, I would assume she designed all the costumes for this movie. She designs them for all of his movies, but I, who knows about the other stuff, but those two, I would say like for sure. Okay. Or would would be strong contenders, I would say. Okay. As soon as I see it, I will text you. <laughs> yes, please, please do. All right, uh, Rilwan, thank you again for for stopping by this week, and we will be sure to have you back. Of course, it's always fun. <laughs>